Welcome to another exciting, limited edition collector's episode of the Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick and I'm your host. I'm your sidekick host, Brandon. Why is this a collector's edition? Because every episode of the Tennis Podcast is, I don't know, it has value or some shit. It's like a Pokemon, you gotta catch them all. Yeah, you gotta catch them all. This is episode 126. Brandon, we're almost to 130. We're doing a uh, Q&A for 130, I thought, so... Get your questions ready. You only got four weeks to, to submit them. You only got four weeks to cue them. Yeah. Well, if you're new, this is the show where one of us brings a top 10-ish list. The other does not know what that list is and they try to guess one through 10-ish on that list. Today, I brought a list and we are going to cover the highest grossing animated film franchises in all of history according to Box Office Mojo. Is this adjusted for inflation? I'm glad you asked. No. Animation franchises. Yes. And this is global box office. It's as of March 2021. And again, the source is the authority in box office data, box office mojo, unadjusted for inflation. Franchise just means it has two or more feature length theatrical films in the series. Two or more. Okay. Hmm. Are there any animated film franchises you'd like to knock out of the running right away? That would not be in here? Yeah. I'm going to guess that um, all of the Disney animated films that have one direct-to-video sequel, like a classic Disney film and then a weird direct-to-video sequel like Bambi and then there's like a Bambi 2. We've talked about before Dumbo and Dumbo 2, Dumbo with a gun. Yeah, right. Why do they do that? Like, surely Dumbo 2 would have done fine in theaters, no, right? No, I don't think so. I think they're just so cheap to do and they don't want to mess with trying to get them released. They know that, well, back then you would go to, like, they would get them either purchased or rented at, like, Blockbuster. I don't know if they still do them now, now that they have Disney Plus, but I assume they do. They do direct to Disney Plus now for some sometimes instead of direct to DVD. Yeah. I don't know if all of them, but I'll bet most of these film series franchises have at least one direct to video release, but they have two or more that went to theaters. I'm going to guess that uh, Winnie the Pooh didn't crack the top 10. Now, what do you have against Winnie the Pooh? I don't have anything against Winnie the Pooh, but I don't think he has the like Winnie the Pooh doesn't scream summer blockbuster. <laughs> By the way, who the fuck named Winnie the Pooh? Uh, some old British guy. What is this shit? Is Pooh Bear a thing before Winnie the Pooh? I don't know. Well, what do you fucking know, Brandon? Isn't like a Pooh like a sigh or something like a Pooh? I thought that was supposed to like be part of his personality. <sighs> something like that. Well, you're right. Winnie the Pooh is not in here. Um, let me give you a hint. All film franchises are by DreamWorks Animation, Pixar, Illumination, Blue Sky, and 20th Century Fox, although Pixar has the most representation in right. the list. Probably no surprise. All right, well, why don't we just get to it? Give me a guess for top 10 highest grossing animated film franchise. The Despicable Me series. Is it follow? Is it number three? Brandon. Is it talking number one? Cause it, is it because you count the minions? Yes, that's part of the God franchise. Just like you'd count Rogue One in Star Wars franchise, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, goddamn. I didn't think it would be number Why one. Why do you... Oh. All right, I'm taking applications for new sidekick host. Well, you can, if uh, you had done that, you would have patted yourself 
so hard on the back, we would have heard your bones breaking. But that's because people want to hear me succeed. And for you, most of us take joy in seeing you fail. Can't believe I nailed it. Despicable Me, number one. Yeah, four films in the franchise. It includes Minions, number one. 3.7 billion total dollars at the box office. And the highest grossing film in the franchise is... Dot, dot, dot. Is it third? You said it. It's Minions. The Minion movie? The Minions movie's number one. <laughs> Holy shit. I saw it at the theater. Not like... I it know wasn't, you did. I didn't... I wasn't clamoring for it myself. Someone at my house had ants in their yeah. pants to see the Minion movie. And for good reason. Yeah, I gotta admit, for a kid's movie, it had a few chuckles in it. Well, I think we've talked about this before, but... Like, if you haven't seen the Minions movie, you don't have kids, whatever, so you haven't seen it, and you see all the memes that your great uncle shares on Facebook, you probably fucking are sick of seeing the Minions yeah. all over the internet. But if you take all that aside and just go watch the movie, it is a pretty good movie. There's nothing wrong with the artistic creation that is the Minions themselves. Artistic, yes. That's how I'd describe it. It's the uh, dog shit. What's less than a dad joke? What's like a shit post? The just constant... Ant joke. Yeah, the constant like ant post Facebook Grandma stuff. Joke. Yeah, with Facebook. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Despicable Me. It's a animated media franchise centering on Gru, a reformed supervillain. By the way, the, the mo Despicable Me movies are pretty good too. And Gru's funny. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, he becomes a father, a husband, and a secret agent. Spoilers, I guess. And his yellow-colored minions are his sidekicks. Just like Brandon... Hang on, I haven't seen you in a while. It's been about a year at least since I've seen you in person. I have jaundice. Yeah, are you, are you yellow and little? Yeah, like Mickey in Seinfeld. I got jaundice. <laughs> he was so excited to have gotten jaundice. Yeah. Oh, so we were talking about uh, straight to DVD. What about short films? You know, back in the before times when you went to a movie theater... And before the main attraction, there'd be a short film. There'd be a whole bunch of bullshit before the movie. There's been a total of 14 short films, part of the Despicable Me universe. Oh, I got Now, Brandon, I know you're, you're fluent in Minionese, the language that the Minions speak. I think they're cursing and saying uh, racist stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're saying like really racist, anti-Semitic, hateful hate speech. We just don't know. This is cute. The language was created by the directors of the film. Last note here on Despicable Me is that Illumination, they produced the movies, mm -hmm. their CEO revealed in an interview that there's a fourth Despicable Me film in development. That would be the fifth overall film in the franchise, but the fourth with the Despicable Me title. So, we got that to look forward to, starring friend, listener of the show, Patreon subscriber Steve Carell. By the way, Steve Carell, he's turned into quite the actor. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of miss old Steve Carell that would do funny movies all the time. Yes. Now he's got to be all artsy and shit. There's some movie that he was in and it was a movie where he's like, you know, a dad who's like sad, but it's funny or something. The picture for the movie is him with kind of like a, a face that's like <laughs> figures and there's like a pancake, stack of pancakes on top oh, of his head. Dan in real life. Yeah. The picture looks I've so stupid. That. I can't get over it. Have you seen it? Just the picture. That's all I needed oh, okay. to know that I did not I want to see that movie. Did you see it? Yeah, I mean, You've seen ago, Dan in real life, but you haven't seen Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas, you know, I'm just not really into Chris Rock movies lately. I want to kick you in the balls. <laughs> but, but with Steve Crow, like, what's the last 
like Anchorman or uh, you know Forty Year Old Virgin esque film he did. Well, he's a listener, Steve. Yeah. Hey, turn your ears up, wise up, quit doing this, wise knock up. off the goofball shit, and get back to silly stuff. Speaking of goofball shit, give me another guess. Do the Ice Age films crack the top ten? Man, you are killing it today. Ice Age. They got that little prehistoric squirrel is always trying to get a nut in those uh, short films too. Yeah. That's probably why you relate to the film so much. Trying to get that nut. Ice Age is number three. I knew going to see all these dumbass movies would pay off. That's the thing about being a parent of young kids. You see all this shit now. There's so many of our listeners who's never seen an Ice Age movie. I'm writing down movies that we've watched like within the last month. (laughs) Ice Age is all right. I don't love it. I don't hate it. What do you think? I think I actually only saw probably the first one a long time ago. And I think I've probably been to see other ones. I just zoned out or like looked at my phone during the movie. (laughs) You're not supposed to take your phone out during the movie, Brandon. Do you not see all the advertisements, the branded, corporate branded uh, pleas to turn your phone off? I was sitting at the very back of the theater. There was nobody behind me to see me. Well. And if you are an adult at an Ice Age movie and you're not tempted to like fucking read, I don't know, uh, about the five mobster families in New York on Wikipedia on your phone during sure. Ice Age, like I probably did, and there's something wrong with you. I was too enthralled with the story of Ice Age because the story- no, this squirrel, get that nut. That's not even the story. That's just a side thing, Brandon. You'd know that if you paid attention. You know they all die. <laughs> no, they don't. Eventually. But I mean, eventually. Yeah, that's true. And while our, some of our listeners that are listening to this, you know, 100, 200 years from now, uh, they should know that we're also probably dead by the time they hear this. Dennis Leary's uh, rolling in that saber-toothed tiger money. Well, let me tell you about that saber-toothed tiger money. Ice Age is an American media franchise centering on a group of mammals surviving the Paleolithic Ice Age. It consists of computer animated films and TV specials and even a series of video games. Films are produced by Blue Sky Studios, part of 20th Century Fox. Did you know? And it's owned by Disney now. The Ice Age movies are on Disney+. Plus. Oh, wonderful. Pretty good value. While the first film generally received positive reviews, the series has received <laughs> criticism for making, quote, no attempt to be scientifically accurate and has suffered a steadily declining critical reception with each succeeding film. Well, yeah, I mean... To that, I say, who gives a fuck if it's scientifically accurate? The animals don't talk and think and... (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Like, you mean Woolly Mammoths didn't have, like, the fucking Everybody Loves Raymond voice? (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean, I have to go back and read some textbooks maybe, but I'm going to assume that was not accurate scientifically. But I thought this was interesting because for as much flack as these films apparently got for being not scientifically accurate, I read that for research on this film, the film's development team took several trips to the Museum of Natural History in New York early on in order to make sure that the film authentically felt like the Ice Age. Well, there's no better place to (laughs) authentically feel like the Ice Age than just to go look at the museum. A team of 32 animators went out and did research to figure out the movements of different animals. For instance, for the movement of Scrat, which is the squirrel you love to talk about, animators visited a park and observed local squirrels, <laughs> taking, taking note of their twitchy way of moving. They just took a fucking field trip and someone had to tell them, hey, squirrels move like little spazzes, like little crackheads. 
Yeah, why is YouTube not an option? Like, I don't know why we've drawn like 15 fat, lazy, slow squirrels and none of them look right. <laughs> a local park. <laughs> we were all just hatched from an idiot egg this morning. But I love to think too when they go to the park and they're they're all making notes and there's 32 of them there taking this field trip to the like park. Writing down I mean, like What are they writing on their notepad? Fast, like, small, quick, nuts. Twitched his whiskers. Yeah, nuts. Well, my last note on Ice Age, Brandon, I want you to go to wikipedia.com or .org. Yep. Do a search for the Ice Age movie, the first one. Okay. And scroll down and you'll see a picture. I invite the listeners to do the same. I'll also share it on social media this week. Can't wait. But there's a picture of Sid, which is the uh, sloth, the main character sloth. <laughs> and there's a picture on Wikipedia. <laughs> you see it? Of a person wearing a costume? Yes, but if you look closely, he's holding a beer bottle too <laughs> and he looks fucking depressed as fuck. <laughs> I don't know where he's standing, but like, I don't know, there's like a janitor who's cleaning up trash behind him, some kid who's waiting for his parents to pick him up and he, <laughs> he looks like uh, 3 a.m. at a furry convention. <laughs> he does. <laughs> And his head is tilted over too, like he could be drunk or hungover. Oh, or sad. I love that how often furry convention seems to naturally come up in our episodes. <laughs> I feel like we mention it every other episode. I've watched like one MTV True Life, I'm a furry, and it made a hell of an impression. Yeah. I'm right there with you, buddy. Well, everyone should go look up Sid costume on Wikipedia. Just go search for Ice Age. So, why don't you give me another guess? You got one Despicable Me and three Ice Age. Hmm. How about Kung Fu Panda? Brandon. Hmm. Come on. Come on. Is it not in the top 10? It is. It's number 10. Oh. See? Tricked you. I'm three for three. Yeah. Well, these are the easy ones. <laughs> I've saved the hardest for last somehow. Kung Fu Panda. I've never seen a single one, have you? I've only seen the third one. Apparently, you didn't need to know a whole lot of backstory to, to get caught up on what's going on with a panda that does Kung Fu. So, what can you tell us about Kung Fu Panda 3? I mean, I was fairly checked out for it. There was some sort of a challenge. He met his Kung Fu Panda father, who I think was voiced by John Goodman. Okay, I respect that. I guess, to be honest, I was disappointed because I expected Kung Fu Panda 3 to change my life and it didn't. Mm -hmm. It entertained yeah. me for about 90 minutes and then I went home and forgot about it. And did you post a heated review saying how it wasn't scientifically accurate? <laughs> I went to RottenTomatoes.com and was like, I'm throwing a green splattery tomato right now and letting everybody yeah. know that pandas can't do fucking karate. Well, maybe they can. Jack Black definitely can because Jack Black, the star of Kung Fu Panda, has between the three films brought in $1.8 billion and the highest grossing film in the franchise is Kung Fu Panda 2, which has drawn in six, six, six hundred million dollars. Jack Black probably likes that number. Who does? Jack Black? Yeah. Six, six, yeah. six? Hell yeah. The films feature the adventures of Po Ping, a giant panda who was improbably chosen as the prophesy, prophesied... How do you say? Prophesied? Prophesied. Well, it doesn't say it. There's no Z here. Prophesied. Dragon warrior. Prophesied. Although his status is initially doubted, Poe proves himself worthy as he strives to fulfill his destiny and learn about his past with his new friends. And isn't that what it's all about? The friends you make along the way? That's what he did in the third one too. He's doing that every movie. 
Well, they don't have to reinvent the fucking wheel for Kung Fu Panda, Brandon. Evidently not. The film series has been highly acclaimed with its first two features, so Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2, being nominated for Academy Awards. And the television series, which apparently exists, has won 11 Emmy Awards. Wow. You haven't won any Emmy Awards. Uh, neither have you. You don't know that. Get this, Kung Fu Panda 2 is the second biggest worldwide box office for a film ever directed by a uh, woman. The first film is Wonder Woman. Director is Jennifer U. Nelson. Cool. My last note is that there was a Kung Fu Panda Arena Spectacular, a live arena show planned featuring characters from the movies, combining circus... <laughs> featuring pandas that were like, we have to fucking do Kung Fu? What? <laughs> it would feature circus and Chinese acrobatics, but it never got off the ground. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it never happened. Kung Fu Panda, number 10. Did the chipmunks squeak into the top 10? No, make a serious guess, please. Oh, I thought maybe the... There's been like three or four of those movies. So, you don't think Winnie the Pooh can crack the top 10, but chipmunks can? Yeah. I take Winnie the Pooh over chipmunks 10 times out of 10. Are you serious? There's been like three or four CGI chipmunk movies in the past like, I don't know, eight years? Oh, your kid was into the chipmunks, wasn't he? Yeah. He like Theodore, right? Yeah, that's why you're so... No, well, there's no chipmunks here. I personally just never liked the chipmunks. Well, hot take? On behalf of the chipmunks, fuck you. <laughs> and I know Alvin would have my back on that. How about The Incredibles? My least favorite film series in the top 10 is The Incredibles, which comes in at number nine. What do you have against The Incredibles? There's been two films so far, 1.9 billion in box office. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I don't know. I just didn't like either of them. I mean, not that they're bad. Like, it's not... I just... I don't know. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about them either. And I like superheroes. I mean, they're, they're for kids and I'm an adult. What are you going to do? I mean, I'll get... The premise is interesting, like a family that's superhero. It's just the movies. I just didn't care for the movies. But the second one that was released, I don't know, I think 2019 maybe? Mm -hmm. 1.2 billion at the box office for fucking Incredibles 2. And as an Incredibles head, as you are, I know that you already know, the franchise takes place in the fictional universe where superheroes are also known as supers, coexist with society, and are occasionally forced into action despite a ban issued on them by the government. Set in a futuristic version of the 60s, uh, the first Incredibles won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. And my last note and most important note of the day, as has been noted in some past episodes somewhere by you, the Incredibles is one of the top searched animated characters on Pornhub. Oh, right. Because of the mom's big old butt. <laughs> Elastigirl's working with a big old butt. <laughs> it really is uncomfortably big. Yeah. Don't you have to admit? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's... I'm glad they drew her that way. Yeah, sure. I'm not mad at them. Shout out to Elastigirl. But I mean, they... I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm just... I don't... I don't understand... There's, there's, well, that, <laughs> just trying like to when people on. get turned on by cartoons and stuff. To each their own. Me, personally, I can't get into that. I've seen those things, but not the same way. I'm like, I, but I'm not a cartoon. How would I, <laughs> but isn't it also work? like all the context behind the cartoon character? Like, A, it was drawn by someone. Oh, right. Like, somewhere in the world, someone, like, opened the door to their brother's bedroom to say, like, hey, it's time for dinner. 
and he is like airbrushing the camel toe of Elastigirl in Photoshop on his computer. And he's like, huh, what, huh? Oh, baby. Well, not only that, man, but the person who drew that, there's a decent to good chance that their own fucking kids watch The Incredibles. And that's where they saw Elastigirl, right? Yeah. So, they're sitting there watching the movie with kids just like trying to shift themselves to hide their boner. I wonder if there's and Winnie the Pooh porn. You name it, it's out there. I'm going to find it. Well, anyway, for more on unsettling porn facts, check out episode 107 where we covered the top 10 Pornhub searches. That's it on Incredibles number 9. Is the secret life of pets in the top 10? That's a good guess. I bet it will be someday because there's only been two movies so far. But no, it is not. Uh, and what about Boss Baby? I think there's only been one movie so okay. far, right? No, there's another one coming out. I just saw the thing yeah. before that. How about uh, uh, instead Cars? The Cars. No. No. Fucking not Cars. Cars, I think, is... It's just outside... Cars is uh, number 11, actually. Yeah. Oh, shit. How about uh, Toy Story? Toy Story. You had to know Toy Story would be in here. Yeah. Number four. Which is... Uh, Good because there's also four films. They've grossed a total of three billion between the four films, and the highest grossing in the franchise is Toy Story Four. You never saw Toy Story Four, did you? Uh, I've seen most of it now. The franchise is based on the anthropomorphic concept that all toys, unknown to humans, are secretly alive, and the films terrifying. focus on a diverse group of Not toys cool at all. that feature. A classic cowboy doll named Sheriff Woody and a modern spaceman action figure named Buzz Lightyear, voiced by Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, the group unexpectedly embark on adventures that challenge and change them. Which is accurate. Emotional films. Right. Have you ever thought about if the fucking toys, like... It's the fucking scariest thing in the world. Well, yeah. By the time he goes to college, they've been watching Andy beat off for years. <laughs> silently without moving. With just creepy smiles on their faces. Yeah, but I mean, I've watched you too and you just, and I just don't move or say anything and you don't know. But the thing about the toys is that they, you know, every time, if everyone, anyone out there has seen the Toy Story movie, probably most of us, whenever someone walks in the room, like a person walks in the room, the toys all, you know, quote, drop dead and play dead, I guess, and they don't move. The idea that a kid could go from age zero to 18 plus and never notice their toys moving at all or that the toys are in different positions in the room? I don't know. And what do the toys eat? Each other. Are they fucking? I mean, what's go? I mean, do they go to the bathroom? I didn't get that. I didn't think about it too much. I try not to. You did think about blind people wiping their ass in our last episode, but... Okay. Well, but yeah, but that has... Fuck. That's apples and oranges, bro. One has, no. a, yes, one has an actual serious real world consequence to it. Having shit all over your hands and not being positive whether you've wiped your butt properly. The other one is to jack off thought exercise. Okay. First of all, blind people don't just have shit all over their hands. No, I'm not <laughs> saying they do, but I'm saying that's the consequence okay. should things go wrong. There is a lot at stake and it is a very practical thing to be wondering about. But you're assuming that toys aren't really real and that the Toy Story movies are based on fiction where how would you know because every time you walk into your kid's room, the toys all just play dead. You've never seen a move. You don't know for sure. I've been ripping their heads off for years. <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> well, I got bad news. I've only got like one more guess written down here. 
Hang on, can I tell you a few facts on Toy Story? Toy Story, take out animated, just films overall, film franchises, it's number 20 on that list. Uh, Toy Story has won the best animated feature at the Academy Awards twice, making it the only, the first franchise of any film franchise to win that award twice. When asked about the future beyond the fourth film, Tim Allen, who voices Buzz Lightyear, hinted that a fifth film is possible while also expressing interest in doing another film, stating, once you've gotten to four, you're past the trilogy point. If you ask me, I'd say do five. Well, I, they might be dumping his ass because he keeps saying such uh, provocative shit. I think they have Chris mm-hmm. Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear in this new thing they're doing. What's the new thing? There's a new Disney Plus series that's going to focus on like the real Buzz Lightyear, like the guy who was the inspiration for him maybe. Oh. And Chris Evans is the voice of that guy. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'm sure Tim Allen would love to do another one. Whether or not they want him to do another one is another question. Two more notes on Toy Story. Toy Story 1, which came out in 95, was the first entirely computer animated feature film. And you can tell when you look back at it. Yeah. And it was the first feature film from Pixar. You know, when you go back and look at the people in Toy Story 1, and compare it to the people in recent Disney uh, computer animated films like Soul. Looks like diarrhea. Yeah. Maybe a blind person left that there. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted to tell you about the uh, animation because I know you are into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Each character in Toy Story, uh, this is before Toy Story 1, they were first either created out of clay or modeled from a computer drawn diagram before reaching the computer animated design. Once the animators had a model, Its articulation and motion controls were coded. This allowed each character to move in a variety of ways. Out of all the characters, Woody was the most complex as he required 723 motion controls, including 212 for his face and 58 for his mouth. Yeah, he is. They had 58 different things for his mouth. He is by far the most animated of all those characters. Buzz is probably next. But if you look at the difference in the way like... If you watch them run across the screen, they both look and move exactly like the type of toy they are. Yeah. Woody is like a floppy doll that has like all those sewn bendy joints. And I love how Buzz Lightyear runs like a little tank. Yeah. He's stout and he runs in like very short, quick, measured movements because that's the limit Mm -hmm. of his uh, range of motion. He's very like military. Right. Yeah. When I watch those movies, despite like (laughs) the Tim Allen part of it, Buzz Lightyear is definitely the funnier character. Even just looking at him sometimes makes me laugh. Which one, Buzz? Yeah, Buzz. He has a good like, every once in a while he has a really good stupid look on his face and it just kills me. (laughs) I love any, any kind of character that's just always like got their chest puffed out and always like overconfident and full of bravado uh usually ends up being really funny to me it's like you you're full of confidence and bravado Mm -hmm. about your list guessing last but not least on toy story the for the first film which was the first computer animated feature film took a week to finish three minutes of animation for the film that's a lot or not a lot a week for three minutes with a full team working on it that's toy story I had some more ideas that I wrote down. Okay. I'm going on a, on a fucking huge limb with this one, but I'm curious. Smurfs. 
You went out on a limb and that limb fell and you fell to your fucking pathetic, embarrassing death. How about how to train your dragon? That's number 12. Damn. Let me give you uh, 11 through 20. So, 20 is something called Fengshin Cinematic Universe. Manga, maybe? I don't know what that is. 19 is Wreck-It Ralph. 18, Pokemon. That's pretty low for Pokemon, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I don't know how much money their movies make. The Lego Movie Series. Secret Life of Pets at 16. Hotel Transylvania Underrated Series at 15. Monsters, Inc. at 14. Doramon at 13. How to Train Your Dragon at 12. And Cars at 11. What about Shrek? Yes! Our friends at Shrek Studios. What number? I don't fucking know. At this point, it's all like... Two. Oh, really? Who the hell saw all those Shrek movies? You don't like Shrek? I mean, I saw the You're first one. Out. It was okay, but... Mm. No. No, I've not seen all five, but I saw the first three, and they're all very good. Uh, Shrek is number two, five films. I think that includes Puss in Boots, which was okay. 3.5 billion total box office, and the highest in the franchise is Shrek 2 with 929 million. I'm very excited to tell you about Shrek because there's a lot of fucking fun facts that I had never heard before. Shrek is a media franchise for DreamWorks Animation loosely based on William Steig or Steig's Steig, 1990 picture book of the same name, 1990. It's not that long ago. The series primarily focuses on Shrek, a bad-tempered ogre who begrudgingly accepts a quest to rescue a princess, resulting in him finding friends and going on many adventures in a fairy tale world. All the little, um, like, Easter egg jokes and, like, inside jokes about the, the various fairy tale mm-hmm. characters, it's fucking good shit. <laughs> but you don't appreciate it, I guess, so whatever. It's, it's fine. I'm not shitting on it. I just, <laughs> I saw the first one and it was fine. No, I'm, I'm putting out some quotes this week about how you're shitting on Shrek and you're going to... I mean, if you want me to actually gonna take cancel a shit, you. shit on it, I, I will. <laughs> no, don't do that. In May 2010, the New York Times described the Shrek characters as brilliantly realized and said nearly a decade after the first Shrek film, they remain as vital and engaging fusions of image, personality, and voice as any characters in the history of animation. Oh my God, why don't you just blow Shrek? <laughs> Isn't it better than them saying, well, actually, that donkey wasn't scientifically accurate. <laughs> Isn't the donkey's name Donkey? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. One of the few post-90s roles of Eddie Murphy's that I've enjoyed. I mean, can you think of a single good Eddie Murphy movie since 2000? Bowfinger. That one was pretty good. All right. Now, you're going to love this. Have you ever heard who was initially offered the role of Shrek? Yeah, Chris Farley. He even did some recording for it. there was someone before him. Oh, I don't know who. Danny DeVito. Listener of the show, Nicolas Cage. Oh, weird. Can you imagine fucking Nicolas Cage's voice behind Shrek? Ugh. He was initially offered the role of Shrek, but he turned it down because he did not want to look like an ogre. Okay, well... (laughs) Congratulations, you let time and your bad habits take care of that for you. (laughs) Did not want to look like a fucking cartoon ogre. What a douche. In 2013, he explained further saying, quote, when you're drawn in a way, it says more about how children are going to see you than anything else. And so, I care about that. What? Nobody. (laughs) Okay. First of all, children aren't looking at Nicolas Cage. And when they do, they're terrified of him anyway. 
It's not like people look at him and go, oh, it's fucking Ghost Rider. Oh, that's the guy who uh, discovered the Declaration of Independence was a fake. No. Wouldn't Shrek be a step up compared to most of his roles? They see someone waiting for his Uber at 5 a.m. on the Las Vegas Strip with his hair sticking out in every direction. What makes this worse is he voiced a caveman in uh, the uh, the Crudes. Oh. So it's not like he's above. He's just an idiot. <laughs> he could have been blowing all that Shrek money yeah. on uh, boozing and partying. Yeah. Instead, he's just um, doing he's... every single other movie that's offered to him. So you mentioned Chris Farley. Chris Farley was hired initially to voice Shrek and he recorded almost all of the dialogue, but died just before completing the project. So DreamWorks, which would have been great, by the way, he would have been perfect. Yeah. DreamWorks then recast the voice to, Michael, uh, to Mike Myers who insisted on a complete script rewrite to leave no traces of Farley's version of Shrek. That's all it said. And so, I don't, you know, when I first read, a lot read of that... What, a lot of what I've heard about Mike Myers is that he's a douche. Really? I don't really know anything about him. But I was going to ask you about that because do you take that to mean that he was kind of a prima donna? Like, I want this to be my movie. I don't want anyone thinking about Chris Farley. Or do you take it to mean as like to honor Chris Farley and to not... Like, how do you take that? No, I think it's an ego thing. Yeah. Mike Myers is not around really anymore. No. I know he did that Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Which when that that commercial aired, I had the volume down, but I saw it and was like visibly repulsed by it. (laughs) Now, every time I see it on TV, I mute, mute it immediately and I look away. Can you elaborate on why? It's just like fucking really pathetic. Like all the reboot stuff, like all the like just desperately hanging on to the time before. I don't want to see old, old Wayne and old Garth. Old, it's nostalgia. It's not. That's hot they, right now. It's not. They look old and weird now. They don't look right. If you want Wayne and Garth, just go watch Wayne's World. I would not mind another Austin Powers though. Yeah. I've, now, artistically, should that happen? I don't know. But as a consumer, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I feel better about that than I do for Wayne and Garth appearing in... I don't even know what the commercial was for. DoorDash, I think. Pathetic. Well, speaking of pathetic, as of November 2018, both Shrek 5 and Puss in Boots 2 were in development. Puss in Boots 2... Oh, the Puss in Boots movies out. count too. Yeah, there's only been one that's been released so far. The second one is on its way. Now get this. Despite the advances in computing power over the 2000s, the increasing usage of novel techniques like global illumination, physics simulation, and 3D demanded ever more CPU hours to render the films. So what that's saying is the computer power it takes. Right. The, the hours of computer time to animate the films. So DreamWorks Animation noticed that every Shrek film took roughly twice the CPU hours than the previous film and thus labeled this trend as Shrek's Law. Similar to Moore's Law, the Shrek's Law says the CPU render hours needed to complete production on a theatrical sequel will double compared to the amount needed on the previous film. That's freaky. In the first Shrek movie in 2001, it required 5 million CPU render hours and by Shrek Forever After demanded, which is the fourth movie, demanded 50 million CPU hours, so 10 times the hours as the first film. Uh, and Puss in Boots needed 63 million render hours. 
Uh, so yeah, it's like, five yeah. to sixty-three. Well, we can either uh, map the galaxy or we can finish using our computers to uh, make Shrek three. Well, why would we map the galaxy when we already know the Earth is flat and the center of the universe? In 2020, Shrek 1 was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, making it the first non-Disney animated film to receive that honor. And Brandon, I know you're going to be booking your flight to Madison, Wisconsin, because every year since 2014, Madison, Wisconsin has been home to the annual Shrek Fest with costume themed merchandise, and onion-eating contests. Gross. And why Madison, Wisconsin? I don't know, but I don't know. How would you do on the onion-eating contest? Would you win first or second place? I mean, I, I like onions, but... You fucking disgusting pig. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't get that. There's nothing there. I like onions too. So, why don't you give me another guess? I don't understand if these movies are part of the same universe or not. Rio and Madagascar, are they part of the same universe? No. Why do you think that? Because I have no, I just know they're about animals. <laughs> well, there's lots of fucking Homeward Bounds about animals too. I just know the... they're about animals and they look vaguely similar. They're most, well, they're not the by... same, but Madagascar is number seven. But not Rio? No, 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 Rio. Right, hey, I'll can take... you tell me, are Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy the same, same movie franchise? Well, they don't look fucking exactly the same. And I'm going to look up the animals from Rio. Uh-huh. Rio. Well, maybe it's the same studio. I don't even know. Okay, Rio. So, who did Madagascar? DreamWorks did Madagascar. And Rio is Blue Sky. It's not the same studio. Okay, well... And they don't look alike. The fuck? It's all the same shit to me. Well, they don't look alike. Uh, Rio is like uh, from the creators of Ice Age. Okay. Crazy... Bunch of crazy animals. Million voice... uh, People doing voices from them who already have plenty of money and are taking jobs away from talented voice actors. Jesus Christ. Madagascar, like... If you pull up Rio side by side with Madagascar, the animation is quite different. Madagascar has a pretty distinctive animation style. But look, I get it. What you said is not wrong. You have big A-list actors eating up the top spots here for the top four starring roles. Uh, ben Stiller, Chris Rock, David Schwimmer. <laughs> Maybe not all A-listers. Oh my God, the new David Schwimmer voiced movie? <laughs> and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, David Schwimmer is the giraffe. Of course. What an odd choice. Like, if you're making a movie and you just like, you know, lay out every actor available in the universe, is David Schwimmer even in your first 100 picks? Who's a vaguely depressing TV actor that we could put in this role? I don't understand it. Fucking Ross. Why is he depressing? No, no. I I get what you mean. He's a depressing... Uh, I'm Ross. (laughs) I'm a paleontologist. For the few out there that are with us here, David Schwimmer is Ross in Friends. Well, Madagascar, four films of $2.3 billion total box office. The highest film in the franchise is the Europe's Most Wanted. It has the lowest per film average in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. 566 per film on average. And I, you're not a fan. Jesus, have you ever seen them? They're, they're good. They just look like dog shit. 
Okay, well, they're good. I mean, it's a kid's movie. There's Look, a certain ceiling on it, but... Sometimes I can tell by the font that they use for the poster that it's not for me. Madagascar is definitely one of those. Well, I get what you're saying. However, I've seen Madagascar and it's good. The overall plot follows the adventures of four Central Park Zoo animals who have spent their lives in blissful captivity and are unexpectedly shipped back to Africa. Now they must struggle to survive while attempting to return to New York City. The film launched a franchise, which also includes short films, TV series, video games, theme park attractions, and live stage shows, which Brandon will be first in line at. Holy shit. I don't... Th- I, I, I want to go wake my kid up right now and ask him, like, have you seen this fucking Madagascar movie? Watch the first one. Mm-mm. You'll thank me later. I guarantee... Bullshit. If you watch Goodfellas, I'll watch all fucking three of these Madagascar movies. I already told you, I've seen all of David Spade's 90s films. I don't need to see Goodfellas. I'm just kind of over that style. Give me another guess. You just need eight, six, and five. Trolls. No. Give it time. It'll get there, I'll bet. It's not in here, though. You know, well, don't forget, the second Trolls film came out during the pandemic, and they went um, straight to direct. That hurt it. Hmm. You're missing some big ones. They're all Disney. They're all huge. Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. Despite only two films, it is number five. Average box office per film of 1.4 billion, 2.7 in total. Frozen is uh, kind of came out of nowhere, huh? I mean, it's like when the first Frozen came out, it was just the world changed overnight. Uh, it mine didn't, but I guess so. The original film was inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Snow Queen, which is a much better title than Frozen. The film depicts a princess who sets off on a journey alongside an Iceman, his reindeer, and a snowman to find her estranged sister whose icy powers have inadvertently trapped their kingdom in eternal winter. Have you seen Frozen? Who the fuck is the Iceman? There's no Iceman. There's a snow yeah. guy made out of snow. I think it's the Ice Salesman, which is, what's his name? Sven uh, or Hans or whatever. Hans. Hans. Yeah. Remember he sells ice in the first one. I didn't remember that part. Well. You have sons, so I'm going to assume you haven't seen a ton of Frozen. I've seen the first Frozen enough to like, I kind of got an idea what's going on. I've seen it maybe a million times. I've never seen the second one. I mean, they're good. I won't allow it to be played at our house. I'll throw a big fit. Yeah. No, I just haven't watched that. I'd love to see that fit though. I would love, you know how um, sometimes parents will like either amongst themselves or even on social media share videos of their kids having a temper tantrum to be like, look at this idiot throwing a tantrum over nothing. I would you love if I got a video where you just see my feet kicking, like I'm laying on the floor, you just see him sticking out from like behind the couch, like going, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your wife texts me a video tomorrow and it's you throwing a fucking temper tantrum. Okay, well, the film only came out in November 2013. Might be the most recent on here. The franchise has expanded very rapidly. To date, the franchise includes theme park attractions, merchandise, video games, books, Disney on Ice, Broadway, etc. Street.com explained that Frozen is no longer a movie. It's a global brand, a larger-than-life franchise. And by June 2014, 
The film's reliance on Norway for visual inspiration had resulted in a significant increase in tourism to Norway, with a 37% increase from dumbass Americans wanting to see the Frozen. Who has the fucking money to go to Norway for vacation because their kids love Frozen? I don't know, white suburban moms? They don't have the money to go. Nobody except fucking rich people have the money to go to Norway well, they did for it. vacation. They went. People that don't have money, I'm sure they put on the credit card and worry about that debt later. Uh, well, I know you have the uh, Frozen soundtrack on repeat in your house, so you're probably not surprised to hear that it's been streamed over 51 million times, soundtrack for the first movie. Do you have the Frozen comforter or the Frozen sheets on your master bedroom bed? Which one? Neither. I have oh, neither. That's surprising. Okay, well, we'll, I'll text your wife later and see if you're you're lying, because I'll bet you do. Uh, And in 2015, Disney Consumer Products reported a 22% rise in revenue and a 46% increase in income, and the largest driver of that growth was Frozen merchandise. Uh, During the earnings call from Walt Disney on that date, Frozen was mentioned 24 times, which is more than even Star Wars, The Avengers, Cinderella, and Spider-Man combined. The next day, their stock jumped to a record high of $101 per share. Like the Frozen stock? Yeah. No, well, Disney stock oh. increased as a result of Frozen-themed merch. Do you think Nicolas Cage was offered the role of uh, Olaf first? Uh, no, because he would have taken it. it <laughs> well, he didn't want to be seen as a snowman, though. He's got too high an image for that. I'm a warm. Don't you understand? <laughs> All right, you just got two left. They're both Disney, and one you have bitched about before on this show. Lion King? Lion King is number six. But I don't understand how that would... Are you counting the reboot thing? Yeah, that's two films. The original and the reboot. Ah, okay. I mean... It's two different movies. Yeah, but the other ones are continuing stories. This is literally the same story being told with... In different mediums. Well, I'll call up... Box Office Mojo and see if they can make a correction. I'm going to fucking cut somebody's head off at Box Office Don't, Mojo. Are you going to throw a temper tantrum? Yeah. <laughs> about this? <laughs> That's number six. Yeah. Two films bring it 2.6 billion total and the 2019 it's version. more than two films, by the way. Well, two theatrical films. Got fucking Simba's Pride and Scar's Revenge. Man, you really love those fucking... <laughs> Did you watch those as a kid? No. You were a little old when those came no, out. No, I haven't watched them. I just know of them. Okay. <laughs> you remember the exact titles. Yeah, because they sound fucking terrible. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's also Lion King one and a half is a name of one. Yeah, just Timon and Pumbaa. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I've seen all this shit and passed on it every time. I'm telling you, man, I got the, I'm like a, like a pig is to truffles. I am the same way at sniffing out shitty movies and skipping them. Yeah, that's why I skip Goodfellas. I can tell. If you put that on here, I hope people fucking openly mock you and rape your social media butt. Wow. For saying such stupid stuff. You are holding out and only to your own detriment, only making yourself look like more of an ass. Look, I'm sure it's a great movie and I'll see it someday. Tell you what, I'll see it if you sing Santa Bay before no, us. No, I will. Okay, a couple things. I told you I will never fucking do it. And those, again, we're talking apples and oranges, bro. Nah. Those things have nothing to do with each other. That's as apples and apples as it gets. I'm absolutely never doing that. 
Like, I think Man, you really do throw temper tantrums. Hey, I'm going to get us back on track here by talking about the 2019 film that you really enjoyed, I know. It is the top grossing film in this series. Lion King has the third longest running musical in Broadway history, which won six Tony Awards, including Best Musical. The franchise as a whole has EGOT, ID, E-G-O-T, ID, meaning it has won the four biggest awards of American show business. I assume that's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yeah. Oh. EGOT. The franchise mainly revolves about a pride of lions. We all know the plot of fucking Lion King, but did you know that it was, uh, the first movie at least was inspired and influenced by Hamlet by William Shakespeare? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's produ- a lot of, lot of stuff is... Well, I mean, like, once I read that, I, it, like, clicked. Oh, yeah. But, like, before I read that, it never clicked for me. I feel you, dog. Yeah. Production for the first film began six years before release in 1988. And ultimately, more than 600 artists, animators, and technicians contributed to The Lion King over its lengthy production schedule. More than 1 million drawings were created for the film, including 1,197 hand-painted backgrounds and almost 120,000 individually colored frames of film. Incredible. Yeah, it is. The original Lion King, you're with me, right? That it's... It's good. It's a classic. Yeah, it's good. Out of the five original songs, Hakuna Matata was listed at number 99 on the AFI's 100 Best Songs list. And can you feel the love tonight? Won the Oscar for Best Original Song. Soundtrack itself was the fourth best-selling album of 1994. So, the 2019 film, or actually the franchise in general, has been criticized for race and class issues with the hyenas seen as reflecting negative stereotypes of black and Latino ethnic communities. Have you ever thought that when watching that? Well, I hadn't, but now I'm like trying to think back. I just thought that they got two comedians and then drew the hyenas to somewhat resemble the comedians. Uh The Whippy Goldberg hyena doesn't have any eyebrows. Oh, yeah. And vaguely resembles Whippy Goldberg. And the other hyena has... Something about his muzzle looks more mustache-like, like Cheech Marin, mm-hmm. who does his voice. He's famous for having a big, like, thick mustache, Cheech mustache. Yeah, the, I never noticed, I mean, maybe that's my, like, like white ignorance or something, but I never no, thought... I'm with you. I'm with you. I, it never stood out to me either. I always thought, like, even as a kid, I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> it's clearly Whoopi Goldberg and Cheech. Uh-huh. Our listeners can let us know if they've seen it that way. And I forgot Whoopi Goldberg was one of them. That must be why I've always been drawn to that particular hyena's ass. Yuck. With an estimated budget of around $250 million, the 2019 version is the most expensive animated film ever made. And upon release, the 2019 film was criticized by fans, critics, and Brandons alike for being nearly identical to the original, many citing its overall lack of originality as a major flaw. Yeah, that's a pretty big flaw. (laughs) I mean, I see an argument in the merit of making it like a beat-for-beat remake with just realistic-looking animals. There's something to that. I mean, is there? What is it? Besides, like, the initial novelty. It's that. It's the novelty. But novelty doesn't last for, like, an hour and a half or two hours. Novelty wears off very quickly. That's why I don't, I don't understand why they made 
a whole movie of that. And because that... Because it made almost $2 billion, that's why. Because of that, I think I know what the other one is. The last one, number eight. Okay, I have it here. What do you think? I think because of the same reason of uh, Lion King, Jungle Book. No. Damn. No, this one does not have any um, remakes in that vein. There's two movies in this one and they're... Uh, is the second one a prequel? I can't remember, but they're, they're the same story told over two films. Hmm. It's not Monsters, Inc. No, that's 14. Takes place in the ocean. Oh, I scratched out Finding Nemo because I thought it Finding wasn't Nemo. on there. I don't recall you guessing it, did you? No, I, had, I wrote it down as a guess, but I scratched it out for some reason thinking it could not be possible. <laughs> well, it be. But it, it, be does, it does be possible. <laughs> I'd be wrong. It's eight. Just two films. Two billion total box office. Finding Dory is the highest grossing. I'm sure they'll do another one of these movies, but isn't Ellen DeGeneres like borderline canceled right now? I think so. I think everyone's figuring out like... It's not looking good for her. She's a mean lady. Yeah. It's not just that she's mean. It's that it sounds like she's like a terrible person to work for. She creates a bad work environment. Yeah. You can relate, right? Me. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to softball you a joke there. Finding Nemo tells the story of a clownfish named Nemo who gets abducted, which sounds heavy, and it is, I guess, from his home in the Great Reef in the Great Barrier Reef and winds up in a dentist's office aquarium. Finding Dory, the sequel, or it might be a prequel, I don't even remember, it focuses on the amnesiac character Dory, voiced by Ellen DeGeneres, who sucks to work for, who travels to California to find her long-lost parents. Both films received overwhelmingly positive reviews. First film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Finding Nemo is the best-selling DVD of all time with over 40 million copies sold. As of 2006, there were 40 million, so God probably damn. a lot more by now. And it's the second highest grossing G-rated movie of all time. I did not look what number one was. And last note here, in 2016, Disney Character Voices International Senior Vice President Rick Dempsey in collaboration with the Navajo Nation Museum, created a Navajo dubbing of the movie titled Nemo Adisti, which was released in theaters in March the same year. The project was thought as a means to preserve Navajo language, teaching the language to kids through a Disney movie, and Finding Nemo was only the second movie to receive a Navajo dubbing. First was Star Wars. Cool. Preserving the Navajo language. That's kind of cool. So, your kids watch it and then they learn... I think it's just a way for kind of languages that aren't necessary anymore like that to uh, not disappear to time. So, you can use them in war to talk code. Yeah. No, you got it. Exactly. It's all for war. Yeah. Well, we did it. But before we go back through the top 10, I want to let everyone know of a special offer happening this month. Brand, this is news to you, but oh, taking shit. money out of your pocket. Surprise. This month only, April 2021, sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash tennispod and you will get the first month for free. That's cool, right? Give me some excitement, Brandon. God damn. So, when you sign up, it's either 2 or $5 up front depending on which tier you choose. So, you do have to pay, you enter your credit card or PayPal, really easy, takes 30 seconds. But when you sign up, I will refund you within 30 days. So, you'll end up paying nothing that first month. So, wait, are you taking an interest-free loan from everyone? No, don't, you don't word it like that. You're scaring them. Why are you scaring... Why are you doing this? 
<laughs> well, you said you pay him back. <laughs> I'm not paying him back. I'm just hitting the button on Patreon that says refund this person. Oh, okay, okay. It's I'm not, not taking the money and sending it back to them. <laughs> I was like, God damn, this sounds really fucking complicated. No. Listen, let me start over. You just go to Patreon, you sign up like you normally would, and within 30 days of signing up, you'll be refunded the full amount for your first month. That's it. Okay? Is that better? This fucker's talking about how he's got to buy a bigger house. I didn't realize because he's taken out <laughs> an interest-free loan courtesy of the Patreon world. Yeah. Help me get a bigger house, but not in April because in April, you'll pay nothing. That's right. Sign up. You'll pay nothing. You'll get access to nearly 30 Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes with more added every month, including two this month. We got World Monkey News coming up on April 9th, and we got a deep dive on QAnon April 30th coming up. Plus, you'll get early access to ad-free versions of main episodes like the one you're listening to now. You'll also get free merch and swag and more. Go sign up now at patreon.com slash tennispod. And despite how complicated Brandon made it sound to our detriment, it is extremely easy and you'll get your first month free. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but you're going to get free. Free. Free is good. All right. Should we go back through the top 10? Yes. 10, Kung Fu Panda. 9, The Incredibles. 8, Finding Nemo. 7, Madagascar, which oh, Brandon's going to watch. Also known as Rio. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Six is The Lion King. Five is Frozen. Four is Toy Story. Three is Ice Age. Two is Shrek. And one, Despicable Me. Despicable You. What's your favorite and least favorite in the top ten? Favorite of these, god damn, I guess would be Toy Story. Yeah. Toy Story would be mine. Shrek would be second. And then least favorite of the ones I've actually seen? Incredibles. No, I'm putting Frozen down there. I don't give a fuck about Come the snow, on. man. <laughs> Come on. I don't give a fuck about you the snow. You are such a fucking Grinch. Ugh. Well, but the other ones have so much more to offer me. It's all about Brandon. It's all about you. Well, but you did ask me. It was about my opinion. <laughs> You're supposed to say something that makes us all feel good. About the thing I did like the least? Yeah. I don't know. Frozen is for five and six-year-old girls, and I'm a 39-year-old girl. Frozen's pretty good, a 39-year-old girl. You are one of the prettier girls I've seen in this pandemic life. Thank you. All right. Well, speaking of pretty girls, we had some pretty girls, maybe, maybe boys, maybe not, don't know. Write us some reviews. Willie on Apple Podcasts said, Nick hosts this delightful list-based podcast with a gentle, whimsical intelligence. What makes this so special for me is the way he gently guides his co-host, uh, correction, psychic host, Brandon, who has learning difficulties, towards the correct answers with infinite patience and kindness. This is actually really funny. Listen, <laughs> listening to them interact like normal people fills me with a joy for the future of humanity. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we were all a bit more like Nick and Brandon, bless him. Who wrote this? Tell me their names. <laughs> Willie. Good job, Willie. That was great. And not only great, but spot on. You know how when you um, talk into, what's that called? Dictation, maybe? When you talk into a microphone and it transcribes your words? Transcription? This is whatever the fuck. This is an Apple podcast review, whereas if there was a camera of life um, <laughs> observing us doing this podcast and an artificial intelligence transcribed the experience into a review, it's this review from Willie. Right? Willie the robot. 
Yeah. The omniscient robot. Well, thank you, Willie. And next from BCL2000 on Apple Podcasts. <clears throat> Great stuff. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> Not quite as uh, in-depth as Willie, but same. But pre- also didn't call me retarded, so. Yeah. That was nice too. Yeah, there's always next week. And if you want to have me read a review and critique it on this show, just write us a review on either Apple Podcasts and we're also reading reviews from Podchaser. All right, we did it. 126 episodes down. What do you think we'll be talking about 126 episodes from now on episode 252? There's no way America still has electricity when we get there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have a new president or the next election at least will happen by then if the world doesn't fall apart. Well, it'll be done by paper ballot. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the Tennis Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Tennis Pod. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram now at the TheNickAmel. And you can follow Brandon at the appropriately named at SidekickHost. I was going to say, you can follow me in my car as I drive my kids to school and then follow me home. Break in, choke me. Okay, this has gotten dark. Or just follow me on Twitter. Uh, we don't need to hear about Brandon's dark sexual fantasies. On that note, we're going to end this thing before Brandon makes it any worse. We'll see you next week.